views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732-748-1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello, good evening. Thank you for joining me for Here's the Thing. I am your host, Lauren Cardinal. If you want to change your life, it starts with changing your mind. Right here, right now. Thank you for listening live now on Oldies 107.9 WOLD. Now serving even more of Central Jersey at 95.1 FM. For those of you who may be listening for the first time, this show, Here's the Thing, is about you and for you. Each week, I serve up the opportunity to discuss relevant and timely topics so you can make positive changes in your life, learn how to reduce stress, gain a new perspective, and just live a better life. I'm a certified life coach and a clinical hypnotherapist, and we'll talk about what's important to you. In this one-hour show, I take calls, answer questions, and coach you through issues in the moment. I also have callers that call in just to share information, insights, different views, or encouragement. So if you have something to share, please do. In the meantime, thank you for listening live, and thank you to my podcast listeners far and wide. So, everybody wants it, but it's not something that everyone is actively trying to create. What is that? Confidence. People say, I want to be confident in this or that, or I want more self-confidence in my life, or I want to be able to ask questions and take more risks. Or they may ask, why do I have difficulty standing up for myself? How about... Why am I not getting paid what my work is worth or what I'm worth? These are all great and relevant statements and questions. My question is, why? What is it about the answer to these questions that makes it an attractive feeling, a way of being, and ultimately an identity trait? Tonight, I'm teeing up the conversation on the topic of confidence and the differences among confidence self-confidence, and self-esteem. Yes, you heard that right. Three differentiators. There's been an ongoing debate in the psychology world among the three for many years, often interchanging any of the two, thinking of self-esteem as self-confidence or thinking of self-confidence as confidence, and I'm going to distinguish the three. I believe that by breaking out the three, we can better identify where we are And of course, most importantly, then be able to take the necessary, appropriate, and best next action to create the changes we desire. So first off, tonight's show is brought to you by Compass U 
Educational Consulting, located in northwest New Jersey. Founder Jesse Peck Martin and her team offer personalized one-on-one support throughout the entire college search and admissions process. Jesse works with clients both in person and via Skype from around the globe. Jesse has a Master's of Education from Lehigh University and is a member of the Independent Educational Consultants Association, as well as the New Jersey Association of College Admissions Counselors. While Jesse has, in one way or another, been in educational consulting for years, she officially began working with students to help them bring their best selves to college admissions in 2013 and founding Compass U in 2014. Jesse's practice uses two specific methods to teach families and students to thrive in the midst of the college admissions fear frenzy, and that's shifting the mindset from panic to purpose and acting proactively rather than reactively. And Compass U does this by starting the process with the student. Because building an authentic application and a life that is based on purpose are intrinsically intertwined. Jesse posts regularly to her blog, Admissions on Purpose, and you can sign up at www.compass-u.com. You can follow her on Twitter at Jesse Peck Martin at Compass U, and that's the letter U, not the word, www.compass-u.com. You can also Google Jesse Peck Martin to navigate to our website, just in case you have any questions about that. And Jesse will be joining me on the show next week. And you may ask yourself, given the usual content and subject matter of her shows, why is Lauren having someone on her show that works with college admissions? And the answer is that first, we all know someone either in college, about to go to college, or will be gearing up for it, whether it's our own kids, nieces, nephews, grandchildren, whoever it is, we all know someone. And I'll also say the same is true for any of my content matter. Anxiety, we all know someone or we experience it. Addiction, we all know someone or experience it. Anger, we all know someone or are that someone. So the college admission process really isn't any different. The second reason I'm having Jesse on is that really is so much more than college admissions. And if you have or know someone in that stage of life, you know how important it is for them to be moving forward in the world, feeling good about themselves. And you also know that subject, moving forward and feeling good, is so closely linked to everything I consider, talk about, and want for each of us in this world. So, there's the answer. Additionally, Jesse is intelligent and funny, and I think we're just going to have a really good time next week. So tune in next week. And please consider calling in to ask questions of Jesse regarding the college application process or call in regarding that idea of confidence in going to school. Thinking about Jesse and the work she does with Compass U is actually the catalyst and now the precursor to next week's show. In last week's show, we discussed procrastination. Everyone procrastinates to some degree occasionally. And procrastination is as old as we are. It's defined as postponing an action despite the fact that we know there's going to be a price to pay for the delay of it. It's putting off what's important and getting caught up in what's in the what's urgent syndrome. It is the state of acting against your better judgment, 
it's not about being lazy, and it rarely has to do with poor time management. Isn't that a relief? And procrastination is voluntary, so why do we do it? Listen to the podcast to learn what I believe are the two main reasons we procrastinate and tools to change those habits starting right now, not tomorrow. If you want to know more about what was discussed on the show, about how to do that, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find that podcast as well as all of my previous show's podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com or through iTunes. Now, you may already know that I often do a visualization at the end of each show. I mentioned this last week, and I'll mention it again. This week, I'm not going to do that because this week is week two of two that I'll have my newsletter go out with a free hypnosis recording attached in the newsletter. My newsletter goes out every week on Thursdays. Here's the thing on Thursday. Short and sweet, my weekly newsletter will provide highlights of my weekly radio show. It may have ponderings on a thought or a quote, or just links to some really great information. To get the free recording, you can go to my website's contact page and just click on the newsletter icon and you're in, www.laurencardinal.com. Or you can send me an email to lauren at laurencardinal.com and I'll add you to the newsletter list. Newsletter subscribers will also be the first to hear about new offerings, other free items, and hypnosis recordings in the future. This Thursday, you'll receive a recorded visualization in order to increase your overall confidence. To get that, either click on the newsletter link on my website or send me an email and ask to sign up. It's that easy to get a free hypnosis recording this week. Again, I'd like to welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK 97.5. Broadcasting pre-recorded shows from Sussex County Community College on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. The live shows are recorded on Monday nights here on WOLD Radio from 7 to 8 p.m. And as always, you can listen to the live show on the Internet at WOLDradio.com. You can listen through the TuneIn Radio app on your Android phone or the free Apple device app. Try and say that three times fast. You are listening to Here's the Thing on WOLD. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, and tonight we're talking about confidence, what it is, how it differs from self-confidence or self-esteem, and how to gain more of all three. If you'd like to share your thoughts about confidence or self-esteem, let's start talking. Call 732-748-1079. And before I begin with the main content of the show... I wanted to go back to my statement at the very start of the show, the statement of, if you want to change your life, it starts with changing your mind. And yes, I like it because it's a little bit of a play on words. But I had two experiences in in the past few days that I thought might be good examples of what I mean in that statement. So in the first example, I met someone who stated to me that significant change in life was the desired goal to get out of a bad marriage, to move away, and to assist an adult child to move past a perceived addiction. I say perceived because I only know what I was told. In our conversation, I asked several questions in a, what about this, what about that kind of way. In every instance, the reply was either, oh, I can't, or, oh, I've tried that. It it never works. It's impossible. It's impossible. And ultimately, nothing helps. 
That was the response. Nothing helps. No one will help me. Hitting a dead end at every corner, I addressed the giraffe in the room. And I said, you're thinking that nothing helps because you only want to hear the answers that you want to hear, and I'm not going to do that. The initial statement of this individual said, I want to change. That's, that's what she said. But the energy and her following words essentially screamed, I'm not moving from where I am. And if you're in a similar situation and wanting to change, putting up barriers and then claiming that change isn't coming, then the change you want must be delved into at a deeper level or it won't happen. In such a case, I have only one question. What is the benefit of things staying the way they are? Because I'll tell you, if you're not making changes when you say you want them, the only reason is that there is some gain from keeping things the same. The other example I wanted to share is something that I've observed over the last couple of months, several months. I've come to, to know someone who experiences frustration in a certain area of life. And the area really doesn't matter at all for, for our purposes right now. Because the point I want to make is that the statement I hear from this person, at least weekly, is it's always the same thing. Now, for those of you who have been listening to, me, listening to me for the last six months, you'll likely know where I'm going with this. But this is another example, I believe, of someone who really doesn't want to change. Think about it. If you really wanted something to change, some action would have been taken. If it had, the statement wouldn't be, it's always the same thing. Because something would have changed. If your statement in any area of your life has an always or a never as part of it, it's time to go internal. And it also reminds me of a quote. Complaining without doing anything about it is called whining. And as a coach... Whining will not work with me. Neither will complaining, really. The changing your mind part of this is to ask yourself, what is my contribution to this situation? And what can I do to change it? Then take the action. Or I just might call you out on it. If the action doesn't work, try something else. Because we are 50% of every problem we have, particularly if it has to do with other people. Okay, let's get on with the show. You're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach, and tonight we're talking about the differences among confidence, self-confidence, and self-esteem. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the subject and get some dialogue going, or if you'd like to get some coaching on a specific in issue, call in live right now. I'd love to get a conversation going around this topic. It really benefits everyone. The number to call is 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. So let's start by talking about self-confidence. Well, I'll start talking about self-confidence. In the research that I did for the show, I learned three main things about self-confidence. Number one, it instructs people how to think about you. If you show people that you're well-liked, and thought highly of, they're likely to follow suit. So you teach people how to treat you by how you treat yourself. There's a lot in that statement, so let's dig into it a little bit because it is a lot. The truth is, 
you can't make people think a certain thing about you. People are going to think about you what they want to think about you. And it often, really, has nothing to do with you. They get to choose what they think. But listen again, you can instruct them on how to think about you. If they're on the fence, you can instruct them on how to think about you. Now, I also said, if you show people you're well-liked, how do you show people that you're well-liked? Well, by liking yourself. You can't show people that you're well-liked by other people. It might get a little strange if you started telling people how many people like you, right? (laughs) But you can show people that you're well-liked by liking yourself. You teach people how to treat you by how you treat yourself, right? It sounds pretty simple, but it's actually kind of mind-blowing. And I brought, it brought me to a quote. The relationship with yourself sets the tone for every other relationship you have. If you show up and treat yourself with respect, treat yourself in a kind way, in a nice way, in a loving way, and then you have that overflow to liking the other person and showing up and liking them and acknowledging them, it instructs them that you're someone to be liked. And they may or they may not, but you've instructed them. Isn't that just fantastic? Think about something that a lot of people like, anything. It makes you want to try it, right? It actually doesn't make you want to try it. It helps you to realize that it's something you'd like to try. You want to try it because you may like it. If someone says to me, oh, you'll love that book. It was great. You have to listen. You have to read it. We want to know, especially if the information comes from someone we feel knows us, that the information is like a light. Yes, I want to know about it. And I want to love it as well. But you can do that with yourself. You may not walk around thinking, oh, I love me. But you can act in that way. You can show up that way. And when you speak about yourself, you speak in a very respectful way. I can't tell you how many people talk about themselves in a very derogatory way. They talk about themselves and their lives in a very negative way. Most people don't even realize they're doing it. They don't realize that they're saying horrible things about themselves. Are you in that group? I hope not. Just know that you are instructing people how to think about you by how you think about yourself. Self-confidence makes it easy for people to like us because we're showing the way. It's like you're saying, oh, I'm someone to be liked, just in case you were wondering. Number two, it suggests leadership. Self-confidence suggests leadership. Is that important? Well, as humans, we have the tendency to want to find the leader and follow him or her. Self-confidence is one of the traits of a leader. When someone is in a leadership space in our minds, we listen to them. We follow them. And we may try to emulate them. Isn't that great? Sometimes it's almost a relief when that leader shows up, isn't it? We look for the leader. Sometimes we want to lead, and sometimes we want to follow. Both are fine. It's just that opportunity to acknowledge that leadership aspect. 
when someone exudes self-confidence, I feel like I can have confidence in them. I can relax and follow them without necessarily a lot of question. We want to do that. Isn't it interesting? We want to find the leader that we can follow. So in a situation where you want to be the leader, you can put everyone else at ease by being self-confident, not questioning, not being meek, not showing up like you're afraid. In some ways, you're not creating that leadership role when you're not showing up, showing that self-confidence. And you may say, easier said than done. And just in stating that, it reminds me of the story of the gentleman who um, started and ran, runs Virgin Atlantic. Uh, is it Richard Branson? Is that his name? I remember hearing a story that, I guess it was a documentary that I saw on him and how he had grown his empire. And his mother had said that he was a very shy person, very shy. And I guess they lived in a somewhat social household where the parents entertained. And so her advice and her, I guess, her requirement of him was to make everyone else feel comfortable, that when they came to the house, it wasn't necessarily about him. To take the focus off of himself and how he was feeling or the nervousness, he, he was advised to think of the other person, offer them a drink, take their coat, make them comfortable. And with that, he was putting everyone else at ease. He was taking that leadership role. Here, let me help you. Let me do this for you. Let me, feel, let me help you feel comfortable in our home. And getting out of your own way like that helps you focus on others. And by that, we can move more freely without apprehension and get stuck and get in our own way. Number three, self-confidence exudes positivity that's attractive. We like to be around people who help us feel better. Self-confident people have positive thoughts about themselves, which in turn creates positive thoughts towards others. Think about the times that you've been critical of others, if it's ever happened. If so, it's likely the times when you haven't been feeling too great about yourself, right? That's always my tell, an indication for me as a signal for when I need to do internal work. If I find myself being critical of someone, whoa, time for Lauren to look in that mirror. Because when we feel good about ourselves, what other people are like or what they do matters much less. We're far more tolerant, right? And by tolerant, I mean that in the, the true definition, that we can accept other perspectives even if we don't agree with them. That's different than sheer acceptance. We don't have to accept everything that everyone does. We just appreciate a different perspective and tolerate it. We feel more self-confidence. We're far more tolerant of others. Just try that on for a few minutes and see how that resonates with you. And self-confident people do not feel the need to put others down or judge others in order to feel good about themselves. They're a joy to be around. Haven't you found that to be true? I'm not talking about arrogance. That's different. An arrogant person says... And acts like they're better than everyone else. As if to say, they're terrible, I'm wonderful. And that actually comes from a place of insecurity, trying to be better than everyone else. Remember, 
Being critical means internal work needs to be done. And that's not self-confidence. Self-confidence is I like myself, and because of that, I like all of you as well. None of us is better than the other. It's a huge difference, right? The leader of a pack isn't better than anyone else in that pack. They're just the leader in that area. And we want them to lead us, right? Don't you feel that? It's like we're saying, please lead me, not because you're better than me, but because you're the leader now. And that's where the self-confidence can come from. Now remember, self-confidence is based on your mindset, on the way you think. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about the differences among confidence, self-confidence, and self-esteem. Yes, they are different. Call in to share your thoughts on the subject. Let's talk. Benefits everyone. The number to call is 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. And Jerry is listening online. Jerry, are you there? Yes, I am, Lauren. Hi, Jerry. It's good to hear from you. Well, I'm still working on the other thing, but now, being so you brought up self-esteem, mm-hmm. I don't have any. You don't have any? Mm-mm. Tell me more uh, about that. Okay. I don't know. I just get scared. If I were to see you in person, I'd fall over my tongue. Okay? And I'd have to say, uh, well, I know I have a place that's made for radio. You know? I I, I mean, it's just that I have trouble talking to people directly. I mean, I can talk to you over the phone. Fine. Mm -hmm. Okay? But I get scared. When I talk, I have to talk to somebody in person. Okay. Has that always been the case for you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I used to, uh, as a youngster and stuff, to cover it up, I used to sing. I had a, always had a raw band, and I played an instrument. But mm-hmm. as I got older, guess what? That doesn't work anymore. So you had the band to to make it, help yourself feel more comfortable with people. Yeah, I, I actually that's what I was doing. He was in the band to, to make myself feel more comfortable. I never thought I was popular, um, even in high school. Even in high school, I asked the the prettiest girl in class, um, and I told her, I said, "I know you're gonna turn me down, but I'm gonna ask anyway." If you would accompany me to the prom, mm-hmm. okay, and um, to my surprise, she said, "Yeah, man, that was it. That was it for my confidence, right there." Um, yeah, I that mean, was a pretty bold move. Fantastic. But I was scared. Well, and I don't. I have to say, I think that there are many people that resonate with what you're saying. Going up to somebody, approaching a subject. Because oftentimes we're thinking in our mind, oh, what is this person going to think of me? And as we get further into the program, I think you mentioned self-esteem. I'm thinking of that more along the lines of self-confidence. The self-esteem is more about worth. And you just told me that you walked up to the prettiest girl in high school 
and asked her to the dance, even if you didn't think, even though you thought she was going to say no, which to me indicates that you felt your self worth. It was just the confidence well, that you were that, lacking in walking up to her. After that, that was it. What do you mean after that, that was it? That's what I mean. After that, that was it. That I'm you not, didn't I, feel that anymore or that you felt good for a long time? I, no, I got scared. I still get scared. I can talk okay. to you because, uh, like I said, it's over the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, you yourself, okay, um, behind, and you know, you've seen my picture on Facebook. The mm-hmm. area, you know, <laughs> I think it is. So my, let me ask you, my, if I were to, if we were to talk live face to face, what is it that you're feeling nervous or scared about? What goes through your mind? What's your self-talk in that? Well, I just feel the, the fellows, though, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm just not good enough uh, to even be friends with people. Say that again? I just feel as though I'm not good enough to be friends with people. Hmm. That's a curious thing coming from where you were in high school. What has changed for you? I don't know. That's the whole thing. I just don't know. I, what confidence I had, I, it was a small flurry and it, it just went away. It just went away. Well, as a hypnotherapist, there's a lot. There's several more layers that I'd like to to delve into there about how it just went away. Because in my mind, things don't just really go away. That there were likely some experiences that you had that may have helped that a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. That's the whole thing. I whatever it is, I blocked it out. You blocked it out consciously, but obviously it's bubbling up for you to have in your life on a regular basis now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you isn't... helped me last time um, with the anxiety and stuff. And, well, and I think uh, it's, yeah. it is interesting because, like what you said, I, I hear that frequently. You're certainly not alone about blocking it out. To me, that means you just you don't want to think about it. So you just you choose not to think about it, which in essence is a wise choice because we choose our thoughts. So you're choosing not to think about that. However, the emotional part of it is still there. And that's what controls us, which is why you're still experiencing those feelings of being nervous and approaching somebody for a new conversation when it's face to face. Is it with all people? Yeah. Okay. I definitely think there's uh, there's some work that we can do certainly in conversation Jerry to figure out what's what's going on because being nervous about approaching somebody new is not a new thing it's nothing to be embarrassed about because we are not all confident about approaching new people all the time we often get nervous about approaching different people you think about people with celebrities or somebody that whose work they admire we get flustered we get nervous because we want to have the best impression. And so there might be some things that um, we can uncover in working together to get you back on track so that at least the majority of the time you're feeling more comfortable approaching people for a conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I know you, uh, you don't like to use yell, but 
Um, as I said before, you know, if we were to talk face-to-face, I'd be formal all over myself. Well, then what I would be doing is my best to make sure that you felt at ease. And I think if you were to concentrate on making me feel more at ease, it might be easier for you to have that conversation. But I don't know how. Okay, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how. Okay. Well, that's definitely, for me, that is something that I would easily work into a hypnosis session for you because if imagery is what helps us recreate things in our mind and solidify it, then if you don't know how, that's the picture that we can create for you and reinforce it over and over again. Uh Because, uh, you know, I I tell everybody, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how hard I try and everything else. I could try and push myself, and but nothing seems to work. You know, and I, it's it's scary. I, I, I as as far as I know, I'm missing out on a lot because I'm afraid. Well, you just identified the the issue and once you identify it there's a huge opportunity in taking action to change that have you noticed any changes since you've been doing the other work uh, yeah well but it's very very little i have uh but you saw some changes well yeah on the, the anxiety that and the depression i got most of that it's, it's going to be a while before that's fully under control Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now, like I said, um, I was just talking to my therapist today, and the subject came up. And uh, <clears throat> I said, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know how to handle it. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And what was the response that you got from the therapist? Well, she said, well, uh, and this kind of made me start thinking. She said, for you to um, approach this lady that you you like, she said, you're going to have to work on being two people. Hmm. That's an interesting approach. I'd like uh, to hear more about I, that. Well, that's what I asked her. I said, well, tell me more. She said... It would help if you, she said, you you, you, you have no pain. I said, no. She said, now, the other part is the depression, the mental health part. And that's got to be strong, and then you can be one. Mm, okay. I understand where she was going with that. Okay. Jerry, I think I would love to talk to you more about this, and I think there are some, there's, certainly we keep in touch offline. I'd like to reach out to you or you reach out to me so we can discuss this more, and then once we delve into it a little bit more, we can bring it back to the show to share what we learned. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah. Okay, great. You know, I'd love to help you, help because you inspire me. That's so I, nice I to hear. I can't tell That's you what how, it's about. how much you inspire me. That's great, Jerry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So let's uh, let's agree to get in touch after the show, and okay. we'll go from there and report back to the gang next week. Sound good? You got it. Okay. 
Thanks, Jerry. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about self-confidence, confidence, and self-esteem. Back in a minute. September. And for those of you with children looking ahead to college, that could mean the September Sprint. Don't panic. Relief is available. Whether the September Sprint or just gearing up, Jessie Peck Martin and her team at Compass U Educational Consulting work with clients one-on-one, in person and around the globe, offering personalized support using two specific methods. By teaching families and students how to thrive in the midst of the college admissions fear frenzy and shift that mindset from panic to purpose, starting with the student. Compass U Educational Consulting is located in Northwest New Jersey with clients around the globe. Founder Jesse Peck Martin has been in educational consulting for many years. If you have a high school student who is embarking on the college admissions process, it is time to build an authentic application and a life based on purpose. For more information, you can sign up for Jesse's newsletter, schedule a consult, or contact her all through her website at www.compass-u.com. You can also follow her on Twitter at Jesse Peck Martin at Compass U. And now back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD and your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732 748 1079. That's 732 748 1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello and welcome back. We are talking about the differences among confidence, self-confidence, and self-esteem tonight. So I left, before we had the call from Jerry, thank you for calling in, Jerry, we were talking about self-confidence. And I just also want to clarify the difference between confidence and self-confidence. In a moment, we'll also discuss self-esteem and how that differs as well. To paraphrase a definition, confidence can be specific to a practiced skill or talent. So people can say, I'm very confident when it comes to playing basketball, or I'm very confident playing video games, or I'm confident playing uh, with working with computers. Not so much for me, but attributing that confidence to a specific area. But self-confidence is an overall mindset about your ability in all areas of life that matter to you. Now, here's the difference to help us distinguish. Let's say that I'm very confident in basketball. I've played my whole life, and I'm good at it. I know I can go out on the court and hold my own. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean that I'm better than everyone else out there on the court. It just means that I know how to handle pretty much anything on the court. I've played it enough that there are things that could come up, but I'll know how to handle it. And if I don't, then I'm not offended or vulnerable. I welcome the opportunity to advance my game, almost like a, wow, awesome, I just got to improve my game even more. Thanks, that was great. Self-confidence is really about emotion. We don't really know how to do everything, especially when we're trying new things. But we know how to handle our mindset. And that's where it comes from, from knowing we can handle our own mindset and our own emotions. A growth mindset breeds self-confidence, knowing that we can figure things out, knowing that we can grow. A fixed mindset is more about being based on our talent. If we're not good at something, it must mean we're not good at something. 
If we're not good at something, it must mean we're not good at something. And the minute we make a mistake, the minute we come up against something, if we have a fixed mindset, we're not going to have the self-confidence to overcome it, and we'll probably give up. Self-confidence and a growth mindset is more like, of course there are going to be mistakes. Of course I'm going to fail. That's how I grow, right? The little kid who falls down and gets up and learns to walk, that's the growth mindset. A fixed mindset sees failure as an expression of a character or talent flaw. Growth mindset thrives on a challenge and sees failure not as evidence of unintelligence, but as a springboard for growing and stretching our existing abilities. As Wayne Dyer says, I just want to be better than I was yesterday. That sounds pretty good to me. What is your belief about your capability? Do you believe it's fixed or do you believe you can grow and learn how to do anything? Is failure just feedback to you? Here's something else to consider. People with self-confidence usually have a future-based mindset. Now, this plays a little bit with what we were talking about last week with this, uh, present self and future self, but it's, it's a different context here. People with self-confidence don't base their confidence on something they've done in the past. If you're basing your confidence based on something you've done in your past, you're only going to be repeating and improving things you've done in your past. You're not going to have exponential growth in your future because you're relying on your past to provide you with the evidence that you can be confident. Self-confidence is that feeling that we need to develop capability and therefore external confidence in our ability through practice and repetition. So if you're trying to get confidence from your talent, if you're trying to get self-confidence from your ability, you're doing it backwards. You have to believe in your capability to develop your capacity, to develop the talent, and then you can rely on the external evidence. But you have to have the self-confidence, the mindset, the growth, the ability to... Handle your own emotions in order to create that external evidence. It looks like this. You take action, you fail, you learn. When you take action, you either fail or not, but you always learn what works and what doesn't. Take action, fail or not, learn. Self-confident people don't always take action and win. It's a huge misconception that self-confident people are the way from always winning and they're always being successful. What did Edison say? I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that it won't work. If you're taking action, you're, if you are not taking action, you're moving away from self-confidence. You're failing ahead of time. Self-confidence fuels action. If you're not taking action, it's because you're not generating the feeling of self-confidence. And Sometimes generating that feeling of self-confidence is just reminding yourself there's nothing that can happen that I can't handle because the worst that can happen is an emotion and I can handle that emotion. Failing ahead of time by not doing anything teaches you nothing. Staying comfortable and not taking action is also failure. But at least failing at an action, you've learned something. Discomfort is the currency for success. Self-confidence is not a matter of not feeling fear or not feeling pain. It's a matter of acknowledging that those feelings may come, and it's okay. If you feel insecure, the only thing you need to feel more confident is the belief that you can handle any emotion. The only thing that prevents action 
and prevents you from living the best version of you is your fear of feeling the emotion if it doesn't work. That's it. Once you're okay with feeling fear sometimes or feeling sadness sometimes, then you're well on your way. You know, it's funny because I often marvel at the synchronicity of events in life. And I want to share one with you. Just yesterday, my father came to me with my horoscope. It was from a few days ago, he said. But he thought it might be good for my show. How right he was. And while we could likely build an entire show around this concept, it reads the following. While it's true that all good things must come to an end, so must bad things, so must mediocre things, and eventually dreadfully boring things. Keep the faith that there is better to come, and that includes emotions. Right? Handle the emotions. Now, self-esteem I'm just checking our time here. I want to get through. Oh, goodness, I have a lot to get through here. Self-esteem. As you heard me say to Jerry, self-esteem is about self-worth. So if self-confidence is about being able to handle any emotion and confidence is more related to a skill or talent or task, self-esteem is about a person's overall subjective emotional evaluation of his or her own worth. It's a judgment. It's a judgment of oneself as well as an attitude toward the self. Basically, self-esteem is the value you see yourself having in the world. Am I a worthwhile human being? Answer that question with a yes, and the chances are you have pretty high self-esteem. If you have high self-esteem at work, you probably have it in other areas of your life, too, because this is a reflection of how you see yourself. People with high self-esteem tend to see the universe as a pretty friendly place. Core worth, core self-worth is independent. It's independent of externals. The things like wealth, education, health, status, or even the way someone has been treated. When it comes to your self-worth, only one opinion truly matters, and that's your own. And even that one should be carefully evaluated because we tend to be our own harshest critics. In fact, I don't know that I've met anybody that that's not the case. I hear so frequently that I'm my own worst enemy, um, I get in my own way. The same thing is true here. We t tend to be our own harshest critics. So some helpful hints for gaining self-esteem and certainly some perspective around it. Number one, be mindful. We can't change something if we don't recognize that there's something to change. By simply becoming aware of our negative self-talk, we begin to distance ourselves from the feelings it brings up. This enables us to identify with them less. And without the awareness, we can easily fall into the trap of believing our self-limiting talk. And don't believe everything you think, because thoughts are just that, thoughts. As soon as you find yourself going down the path of self-criticism, gently note what's happening. Be curious about it. Isn't that interesting that I thought that? Why did I think that? And then remind yourself, these are thoughts, not facts. Number two, change the story. 
We all have a narrative or a story that we've created about ourselves that shapes our self-perceptions. If we want to change that story, we have to understand where it came from and where we received the messages that we tell ourselves. And this may relate back to what I was talking about with Jerry, where it comes from, where's, where did it happen that we started telling ourselves these stories? Where did that perspective form? Whose voices are we internalizing? Sometimes automatic negative thoughts like, you're no good or you're not worth anything, can be repeated in your mind so often that you start to believe they're true. These thoughts are learned, which means they can be unlearned. And Carl Jung has a quote, I am not what has happened to me. I am what I choose to become. Hmm. Number three, stop comparing yourself to others. You only see what you see in others, just like thoughts are not facts. What you see in others is just what you see, not the facts. Here's a quote. I'm too busy working on my own grass to notice if yours is greener. How about that? Number four, get in touch with that resource from the past, that resource when you were feeling good. Was there a time in your life where you had better self-esteem? What were you doing at that stage of life? You cried when you were a baby, possibly even threw a tantrum in a store as a toddler. And I'm going way back. I get it. Maybe you don't remember that consciously, but in all of those episodes, all of the times that you behave that way, you were claiming your worth. You were essentially saying, listen to me, pay attention to me. I have needs and I'm worth them being fulfilled, right? Number five, exercise and other self-care. It just creates a better mental state. Number six, do unto others. Being of service to others helps you take you out of your head. When you're able to help someone else, it makes you less focused on your own issues. Number seven, forgiveness. Forgiving ourselves and others has been found to improve self-esteem, perhaps because it connects us with our innately loving nature and promotes an acceptance of people despite our flaws. So if you're just tuning in, I know it's towards the end of the show. We're, you're listening to Here's the Thing. We're talking about the differences among confidence, self-confidence, and self-esteem. A few minutes left. If you want to reach out, share some thoughts, a little bit of conversation around the topic, it will benefit everyone. The number to call is 732-748-1079. So when I was... Doing the research and thinking about self-confidence, self-esteem, it reminded me of resilience. It sounded like resilience to me. And I remember reading about positive psychology as a form, as a, a, an area of psychology. And so I went to the what's it called, the Positive Psychology Center website at the University of Pennsylvania, which is kind of the hub for positive psychology. And their mission is the scientific study of the strengths that enable individuals and communities to thrive. So it's founded on the belief that people want to leave meaningful and fulfilling lives. And it has a lot to do with resiliency. So 
I looked on their frequently asked questions, figuring that's kind of where we are in this. And it says that great strides have been made in understanding and treating psychological disorders. Positive psychology proposes building the best things in life as well as repairing the worst. So positive psychology, is it about happiness? Well, happiness is only a small part of positive psychology. Positive psychology is grounded in scientific data. That's what they really want to hone in on with the center is proving the facts for what they are researching. And some of the findings of positive psychology seem like common sense. Engaging in an experience that produces flow, which is when you get engrossed in something that you lose track of time, is so gratifying that people are willing to do it for its own sake. The activity is its own reward. Concentration is fully engaged in the moment. Self-awareness disappears and the sense of time is distorted. This is what is they're referring to as a positive state. It works for resiliency. People who express gratitude on a regular basis. People who witness other f- others perform good deeds experience an emotion called elevation, and this motivates them to perform their own good deeds. Physicians experiencing positive emotion tend to make more accurate diagnoses. And people, this one I thought was interesting, people are unable to predict how long they will be happy or sad following an important event, and people typically overestimate how long they will be sad following a bad event. Isn't that interesting? So positive psychology is about resiliency, and I feel like self-confidence and self-esteem kind of hone in around resiliency, and that's why I wanted to check out that and share that about positive psychology because I'm sure it's not the last time you'll hear anything about it. Um, And confidence gets the job done, and getting the job done is great. But trusting your resources and valuing your worth are more crucial to your overall well-being. Wouldn't you agree? Since self-confidence and self-esteem are both based on belief, and if you've listened to my show before, you know that the ways I know of for you to change a belief which is based in emotion, past experiences, usually between the ages of 8 and 12. The emotions and how a belief is formed, the ways that I know of for you to change that for yourself is through affirmations, meditation, prayer, or hypnosis. And if you'd like to work through some of the affirma- some affirmations, of course, please email me. If you're interested in hypnosis to change beliefs, well, then it's your lucky day. Because if you remember what I mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you a free hypnosis recording to improve self-confidence and self-esteem. The newsletter goes out on Thursday, so please reach out either tomorrow or Wednesday so you can be added to the list in time to get it. And with the hypnosis and affirmations, meditation, or prayer, there is the opportunity to reinforce the positive the affirmations of your worth, of your ability to handle your emotions, of that growth mindset, that way of moving forward, that you have the resiliency, you have the resources, you have all that you need to move forward. 
And if you are hesitant or you're feeling doubtful about that, then reach out to me. It may be as simple as putting together an affirmation for you that resonates with you that you can repeat morning and night or throughout the day or a hypnosis session that can be recorded so you can listen to that over and over again to reinforce, like I said to Jerry, that picture. Reinforce what it looks like, what it feels like, to imagine, sense, and feel every part of the experience of having made that change. So in closing, I'd like to thank Jerry, our caller. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Set your calendar and tune in next week live at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You don't want to miss the show. We'll be live with Jesse Peck Martin from Compass U. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night. Opinions heard on the preceding program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079 WOLD or SRN Communications.